This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This week on The Breakup Breakdown. He never told me he was going to leave her for me, but there was always something in the back of my mind that thought, how could he not? The older I got, the more I realized how wrong it was. I knew he could never be mine. I met somebody and got engaged and was about to be married. And two weeks before I got married, he called. I agreed to go meet him the day before I was supposed to get married. It was seven years in heaven for this week's interviewee who says she was the other woman, but doesn't hold any regrets. This week, we're diving into a story where we're getting a look into the other side of infidelity, where somebody knew they were the other woman, but it didn't feel like it. Hey, what's up? It's Abby for The Breakup Breakdown. Thanks so much for tuning in to the final main episode of season three. If you've been around long enough, you know, after about 20 episodes or so, I like to take a small pause, take a deep breath, and kind of reset before doing another batch of episodes. This just gives me a chance to look into breakup stories and schedule guests, and I think it just provides a more quality listening experience. I won't be gone for super long. I'm planning on bringing back main episodes starting June 27th. So not too much of a break and there will be a couple bonus episodes in between. I do want to put out an episode with a therapist that talks more about quote unquote daddy issues slash abandonment slash attachment issues. If you missed last week's breakdown bonus episode, my friend Kennedy and I had like a commentary on some of our childhood wounds and how that related to last week's main episode. But I definitely want wanted to have a professional's take on it as well. So that will be coming at some point before the main episodes start dropping again. And then I'll also do something that I typically do while I close out a season is I'll read some of the submissions that just didn't work out this time around, whether somebody backed out at the last minute or if I just couldn't get in contact with somebody, but the submission was really good. That episode will drop sometime before June 27th as well. As always, if there's a certain part of the interview that you'd like to jump to, you can check timestamps in the episode description. And don't forget to submit any breakup stories or inquiries, that submission form is in the episode description. What's up? It's Abby. Thanks so much for tuning in to the final episode of season three. Dude, I cannot believe we have made it this far. It's crazy to think that we're coming up on like two years of the breakup breakdown. I'm getting ready for a fourth season, a fourth round of about 20-ish episodes. Like I just mentioned, I'll be taking a couple of weeks off just to kind of reset and start scheduling some guests, but there will be a couple of bonuses in between. So don't worry, you won't be missing me too much, I hope. Also, we're still working on a date for the Breakup Breakdown brunch. I'm leaning towards sometime in late June, early July. So just kind of like keep an eye on those weekends. If you have any free time, pencil something in. End of June is what we're looking at for that Breakup Breakdown brunch here in Atlanta, Georgia, where I live. So this week's interviewee is somebody who admitted that she was the other woman. But before we get into that, just letting you know what domestic violence shelter we are raising awareness for this week. If you're new to the podcast, every week we raise awareness for a different domestic violence shelter throughout the country, just because it's such a huge topic surrounding a lot of these episodes. This week, we are supporting the Marjorie Mason Center in Fresno, California. They support adults and children affected by domestic violence and help end the cycle of abuse through education and advocacy. If you're interested in donating your time, money, resources, or just want to share their information on your social media, you can check out all that information in the episode description. Okay, so now into the submission. So this was a self-submission that I got after I put out 
out sort of like, I, I want to call it an ad, but I was basically on my day job, the Burt Show, just being like, hey, does anybody have like a crazy breakup story they'd want to talk about? And a lot of the submissions I get are, oh, this happened to me, or I'm curious about what happened to this person. And I can't think of an episode where it's kind of been like the main focus. Yeah, I was in the wrong, but it's not that simple. And so that's what really caught my eye with this particular submission. It was somebody who submitted themselves who said, hey, I was the other woman for seven years. I knew about his wife. We fell in love. So he stuck it out. And then six months after we split for good, I got a call from his wife and the entire situation just blew up from there. I was so excited to do this interview. I just thought it would be such an, an interesting take. You know, we have so many where we hear about terrible things that have been done to us, but I thought it would also be a really interesting perspective to hear somebody who admitted what they did wasn't right, but also is okay with sitting in the gray area of being like, you know what? We were in love. It's not as simple as it sounds. You know what I mean? Like when you think of infidelity, like, of course, I'm never going to advocate for it. I'm never going to say that infidelity is right, but I think it is interesting to hear that gray area. So that's what this episode is all about. I cannot wait for you to hear it when we break down this week's breakup. I was 20 years old. I was in college. A group of our friends, we used to go um, to a restaurant and they had karaoke and trivia. We would always go up there and hang out. And he was the manager at the restaurant. Nothing was really ever going on initially. It was, he was very friendly to us. We spent a lot of money in there. And one day he was talking to us and he said something about his wife. And I picked up his hand and I was like, wife, what are you talking about? And then nothing happened. Like we just kept on going. We still kept coming in there. One of my friends and I, we would hang out after the restaurant closed. We would sit at the bar and drink beer and just hang out and chat. It was something to do and it was free. One things kept going progressively. And then one night we ended up kissing and hanging out and whatever. And then things just went from there. I know I'm not going to be very popular because he was married and I knew that. He was 13 years older than me and I was 20. I had just turned 20. So that was a significant age thing. I hate to say it like this because it sounds very callous, but I didn't intend for anything to happen. I was very young and, and dumb and was just thought, well, I'll just hang out with this dude and then I'll move on. I had no idea that it was going to progress into what it progressed into. Yeah. I mean, you were 20 years old. You made a mistake. And to be fair, it takes two to tango. And he was still, he was 33, 13 years older than you. And he also should have known better. He had something to lose. You didn't know this woman. So it was hard for you to put a face to what was actually happening in his life. So, I mean, again, not saying it was right, but I also can understand where you're coming from. Now I can look back and go, oh my gosh, that's horrible. He had been through, he had had life experience. He had had all kinds of things that should have led him away from what was happening. And initially, I didn't even see what was happening at first. I really didn't. I was just very young and dumb. And we were up there drinking. Like, that was the other thing. Like, there was alcohol involved. He should have known better. I should have known better. But I think he just took advantage of a situation that he knew I was naive about. 100%. And like you said, there was a huge power dynamic there. He's older than you. He has more life experience. And that already, already is a bit of an imbalance. I would kind of consider this him like preying on a young girl who maybe was attracted to a younger guy. He's in a position of power at this place that you frequent. I can totally see how things would spin out of control. So you guys start just kind of creating a casual relationship or does this turn into something deeper? Initially, it was just casual. We met in December. The restaurant had a Christmas party and he asked me to go to the Christmas party with him. Looking back as a little bit weird, but I did. So I went to his company Christmas party with him. When you went to the Christmas party with him, were people like, where is your wife? No, and that's why looking back now, I'm like, I can't imagine doing 
doing that. Like that was just very odd, but nobody ever questioned it. I guess because I hung out at the restaurant so often, people were just used to me being there. It was really bizarre. Well, another, a server had invited my other, a friend of mine. So we went together with the two of them, which was really, really weird, but nobody ever questioned it, ever. How did it feel at first? Did it feel just sort of like casual hooking up or did you feel like you were dating this guy ever? No, I totally felt like I was dating him. I mean, we hung out all the time. Like he would come, when he would get off work, he would come over to my apartment. It felt like a real relationship, except for I knew that when he went home, he went home to his wife and kids. Did that bother you at all? Did you kind of think, well, he's choosing to spend his time with me, so I must be more important? Initially, it was very, it was, that was, that was exactly how I felt. Well, I mean, he must not like her. He must not want to be at home because he's not going, he's getting off work and he's coming home to me, over to my house and hanging out with me. But I really, initially, I didn't really think too much into it because I really thought I'm just going to do this until I get bored and then I'm I'm just going to be done. I was really that callous about it and that's unfair of me, but that's that's pretty much how I felt about it. It was just, I was going to do this and then I was going to be done and I had, had no idea that we would be doing this seven years later. Oh my gosh, so you guys hung out for seven years. We did. Talk to me about what that relationship looked like. This is from the ages of 20 to 27 and yes. your life changes so much in that period of time. Yes. What did it look like dating slash being casual with this guy? The older I got, the more I realized how wrong it was, but I have was already so invested that it was hard to leave because when the good times were good, there were no bad times except for he was married. I mean, we didn't fight about things and some people would say, well, you didn't fight because y'all had all the good stuff. To an extent, yes, that's true, but we were so compatible and we were, we were, it was perfect. It was perfect with the exception of him being married. He actually renewed his vows while we were together with his wife and- Shut up. No, he didn't. He did. That was towards the end of our relationship. And I was like, how can you do that? Like, how could you renew a vow, your vows with her while you're over hanging out with me? Like, that was just all for show. It was bogus. Why, why would you do that? He was like, well, she wanted to, why lead her? on because in my mind he never told me he was going to leave her for me but there was always something in the back of my mind that thought how could he not like what we have is perfect it's amazing like it was wonderful he ended up switching jobs at some point and uh, into our relationship and I even did things with his co-workers and things with him with that job too so it was I mean we really were like it was like we were a couple genuinely so you thought okay if I stick this out long enough he's eventually going to realize that we're meant for each other absolutely even though he never made that promise to me, I still in the back of my mind thought this will happen eventually. If I just hang out and do this. And he always told me, you know, you can date, you know, you don't, don't date, don't not date because of me. But I couldn't because I'd never saw anybody else in that way because I was so in love and so happy with him. Did you ever at any point between year one and year seven feel like you wanted to get out of it? All the time. Not, well, not all, not initially, probably starting at year one when I really realized how deeply I did feel about him and that he was wasn't making any changes, even though he promised me he, he never made a promise that he would. I felt like I don't want to do this anymore because every day that goes by, I fall more in love with him. And that's one more day that's going to be harder for me to leave if I don't do something now. But like I said, the good was so good and he made me feel so amazing and I couldn't let go of the good, even though the bad was real bad. And when I say real bad, it was just the marriage part. I knew he could never be mine. I could never take him home to like, I never, my family never met him. My family never knew about him. Like, I'm sure there's no telling what they thought for seven years. I never had a boyfriend. Oh, so you hid this from your family. Until the very end. Um, my mom found out at the very end because I was so devastated. I mean, my family didn't know. And then I had let go of all my friendships over through seven years. Every 
everything that I did was him and people that knew about our situation. When we weren't together anymore, it was like I was completely alone. It almost sounds like the way you're describing this relationship is very similar to the way that some people describe like having a bad drug habit, like hiding it from friends and family and adjustments to your life to make it work, which is conducive to what you're trying to do. Exactly. Do you think his wife ever had any inkling that this was going on? Um, She did. She did. I don't remember how she found it the first time. She found several times. She knew about us several different times. I think she asked him. She point blank just said, are you seeing somebody? And he he said, yes. I was young and did something really dumb. I was watching a Lifetime movie one Sunday and he was with his family and there was it was a movie about a family that was the husband was having an affair and the mistress drove up to her house and honked the horn in front of the house and it was a big old deal well one time when he tried to leave he left me very frequently he well not frequently every six months or so he would tell me he couldn't do it anymore he needed to focus on his family but he always came back within a, within a month he would always come back and tell me he missed me and he just can't stay away and so I drove up to their house one time when he left and I honked the horn nothing ever happened I just left but she had already found out about us at that point once before once or twice before so she knew do you think she was okay with that okay if he has this thing then I still get to have him when he comes home or do you think it really bothered her I think she liked her life and I think that she knew she wasn't willing to give him what he wanted, but she didn't want to stop the way she lived either. So even though I don't think she was okay with it, I think she was willing to some extent to turn a blind eye. When you say she couldn't give him what he wanted, what does that mean? Now, this is all from him. So this, you know, this, I don't know this for a fact because I don't know her, but she didn't dote on him. She didn't think he was the best thing since sliced bread like I did. Like I thought that the sun rose and set in him. She, I don't think she was satisfying him sexually, but I don't think she was even satisfying him emotionally. It was pretty much from what I was told that they were just roommates. You know, like they had kids, they did the family thing, but there was nothing of any substance between them anymore. I've always heard of a seven-year itch. They had been married for seven years. We were together just as long as he was with his wife before I met him. I don't know if a seven-year itch is a real thing or that's just an excuse, but... No, I think statistically, like, seven years is usually when people start... when It's like the honeymoon phase is already worn off, but then the seven-year itch is sort of like when it's... Like, this is real life. Like, this is it. Like, I feel like you have this realization of, oh, this could be theoretically the next, like, 50, 60 years if you're married to that person. And the way you're talking about the wife's relationship with this man sounds a lot like how I've heard therapists describe why people tend to have affairs with people at the office. Because if you go to your job and you're kicking ass and you have, you know, a woman or a man there who's telling you how great you are and really appreciating for what you can do, that's usually why affairs typically happen because people feel so competent and desired there. And that's kind of what it sounds like with you. It's like, he was getting some kind of fulfillment from you. He always said it was deposits into the emotional bank. I wasn't even doing it on purpose. Like that's genuinely how I felt. Like he would do something and I'd be like, I would praise him and I would, but we also had like serious in conversations and we talked about everything. I know this sounds so cliche, but it was the perfect relationship. I mean, it really was. It was, we had disagreements about things. We fought fair. We didn't fight dirty. It wasn't like we had just blow ups and it was toxic. It was nothing like that. It was nothing at all like that. Well, except for the, his wife. That was pretty toxic. But it was he, it was just amazing. It really was. But it was very lonely. The older I got, when I'm 20 
25, 26, 27, it was almost daily. I would think I have to stop this because I'm, I'm not I'm not getting any younger and I can't do this, but I never could make myself do it. Why do you think you stayed in this relationship other than the fact that it was wonderful? I just think that he, I thought he would leave. I really, I mean, even though he never promised me that, I thought that he would, that there's no way he could not be with me. There's no way. Every time he left, he would come back. So I'm like, there's some kind of gravitational pull. So he has to want me at some point on some level. So one day he'll just wake up and be like, I can't do this with her anymore. I have to have you. No, I totally get that. And it, I mean, it obviously sounds like there was a really unique connection between the two of you. And so I guess my question is, why do you think he wouldn't choose to come stay with you if it was as good as it felt between you two? I don't know, because I think he thought he was doing the right thing by, you know, staying with his wife and trying to make it work. On some hand, I appreciate the fact that he did that. Like, you know, look at him. He's just trying to, even though there's there's me over here and it was crazy. The physical part was crazy. You could feel it. When you were in the room, if you weren't either of us, you could still feel it. Like people around us could feel our attraction and our, the way we felt. It was just crazy. It was the craziest thing in the world to me. I don't know why he wouldn't do it. I, I told myself he's just trying to do the right thing by his kids. That's what he, that's what he would tell me. You know, I, I have my kids. I don't want to do that to my kids. They don't deserve this. Again, now I'm like, yeah, but they didn't deserve what they were getting either because they weren't getting any of him because he wasn't ever home. I'm assuming you decided to leave at some point. I did not leave. We had been doing this for seven years. So I was 27 years old. He said to me that he needed to work on his marriage. And I had heard this before and I'm like, okay, whatever. And every time he would leave, I would be devastated. It would only last for a little while because he would come back within a couple of weeks. Longest he ever was gone was a month. And he said, I'm serious this time. If I'm going to make my family work, I cannot do this with you. You are enough of a distraction to make me ignore what I want to ignore, what I need to do at home. I remember and he looked at me and he said, if I ever become unmarried, you'll be the first one to know. And of course, I was like, I better be. And then a month went by and I didn't hear from him. And every day that I was even more devastated because I was like, maybe he's not coming back this time. I mean, I guess he was serious. The reality sunk in that that was probably the better thing for him. Like he was able to salvage his marriage. And that's great because I did love him very much. I wanted him to be happy. And if happy meant with his family, as hard as it was for me, that's what I wanted for him. So I just assumed that that's he was living his happy life with his happy family. And I wasn't going to hear from him anymore. Because after that month passed, I'm sure you're like, okay, surely any day now. Do you remember if there was a a specific point where you realized, oh, this is for real, like he's not coming back? There was a specific point, but every day prior to my knowing for sure he wasn't coming back, every day I would check my phone. I would check for my emails. I would check my messages. One day there's going to be a message from him. Well, I got a phone call. I was at work and I got a phone call from his house number. This was when people still had landlines. (laughs) I knew he would call. I knew he would call. And I answered the phone and it was his wife. And I was a little confused and she asked me if I was me and I said yes and she said I just wanted to let you know that he has left me for another woman oh my gosh it's finally not a miserable temperature outside which only means one thing summer is coming up and let's make one thing clear there is hibernation abbey and there is summer abbey and summer abbey likes to feel light and healthy that's why I've been trying out meals from factor they've got meals shipped to your house that are super easy to heat up at a jiffy and you're probably like ew refrigerated meal that must be so unhealthy and gross? No. I can confirm these are delicious and they have so many different options like calorie smart, keto, protein plus, or vegan 
and veggie. You can also add on more than 60 add-ons every single week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. You get chef-prepared meals on the table in two minutes with Factors ready-to-eat meals so you can get back to doing what you love this spring and you don't have to clean anything up. Head to factormeals.com slash breakup50 and use code breakup50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code breakup50 at factormeals.com slash breakup50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. If you're like me and the second you get home from work, you are ravenous. You are going to love these new meals I've been trying out from Factor. Factor has delicious, ready-to-eat meals that you can make in two minutes with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian-approved meals delivered right to your door. It's so convenient. I have like grocery store ADHD. Anytime I go to like Publix or something, I'm buying everything. And then I come home with no meals. Whereas Factor, it's all the meal prep done for you. You've got 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and so much more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. If you want to get started today and have a feel good week of meals ready to go, head to factormeals.com slash breakup50 and use code breakup50 to get 50% off. That's code breakup50 at factormeals.com slash breakup50 to get 50% off. He left me to go work on his family and met somebody and left his wife. Was this like a new woman or was this woman maybe in his life around the time that he was still with you? No, I think it was a new, somebody new. I could be wrong. I don't think he had time to be with a third person. We were together that often. I don't think there was a third person involved at the same time as me. He had started a new job and she worked with him. So I think it all happened relatively quickly. He left his wife for her. Oh my gosh. Did you guys at all commiserate over the fact that it was like a heartbreaking experience for both of you? Because he said, he's coming back for you. She thinks, oh, we're working on our marriage. Or did you guys just kind of go, well, this really sucks and kind of mourn in your own separate ways? When he left the last time, he actually, when he was hugging me by, he said, I don't want to do this. I have to leave, but I I don't want to leave you. And he was, I mean, getting very emotional and he was tearing up and it was very, it wasn't fake. It wasn't for, it wasn't just for show. It was very emotional. He was really upset that he was having to leave. He was leaving everything he wanted. And he even joked, he, he said, you know, too bad we didn't meet earlier at a, or at another time. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I was like 10. That would have been gross. We can't do that. <laughs> and he kept saying, he kept saying, I don't, I have to do this. I have to try. This is my last ditch effort. If we're going to make it work, we're going to make it work. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to give everything I have for my family. And if it doesn't work, I'll be back. Oh my gosh. And I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. So I found out that he had left his wife. So I called him immediately and I was like, tell me it's not true. Tell me it's not true. He couldn't talk. I guess his new girlfriend was right there with him. So he called me later and he said, yes, he did leave his wife for this other person. He said, I told myself if I ever found somebody that made me as happy as you did, that I was leaving. And I'm like, but why would you have to wait on somebody else to come in? Why couldn't you just come back for me? Like I spent seven years of my life devoted to you, being on the side, hiding, I mean, everything. Why would you have to wait on somebody else? Why couldn't you just come back to me? And he's like, well, it never even occurred to me. How could it not occur to you? How could it not occur to you to come back to me after seven years? We saw each other twice when he was with the new girl. I guess she found out that he had seen me. And so she forbade him to ever have contact with me again. It was about a year and a half, two years, and I had not spoken to him. I met somebody and got engaged and was about to be married. And two weeks before I got married, he called 
and said he didn't have a girlfriend anymore. That's the most manipulative. It's almost like he wanted to know that he could have you, but was never willing to actually commit. That's exactly how it felt. My 29-year-old self could feel that. I could sit there and say, I loved him with every ounce of my being. Does he really want me? Because he didn't want me before. He said he wanted me, but he really didn't want me. Like I was good enough to be there, but not. I was good enough to hang out with and good enough to do all the things with, but not good enough to actually make an honest woman out of her. I told him I was getting married and he asked me if I would meet him. So we had planned to go to a concert. My now husband, he wanted to have our rehearsal dinner early because he wanted us to go more than one night without seeing each other. So we had our rehearsal dinner on Wednesday. I was supposed to go out with my ex at a concert on Friday night, which was the day before I got was supposed to get married. Oh my God. And I agreed to go meet him. I don't know why I agreed to go meet him, but I did. I agreed. So it was that day I got ready to go to the concert. I got in my car to go to the concert. I had not seen my fiance in two days and I never went. I couldn't go because I knew if I went, I would not get married. And my husband had not done anything to deserve to be stood up for that to be done to him. So I didn't go to the concert and I blocked him on social media and I changed my phone number. Is there a part of you that wonders if he would have actually committed that time? Was that one of the reasons that you... No, I think he would have committed. I really do believe he would have committed. Ironically enough, the reason that the girl that left him, the girl he left his wife for left him was because of me because she couldn't get over the fact that he had cheated on her with me. I really believed he was going to commit, but I also was terrified that he wouldn't commit to me and be faithful. Which is almost worse. Yes, because I would have been devastated if he had if I finally got a chance at the prize and then he did to me what he had done to the two of them. And honestly, like if patterns prove correct, he would have. He cheated on his wife, cheated on the girlfriend. It's almost guaranteed that he would have cheated on you. And not that because you had done anything or there was something wrong with you because it's a him problem. He can't. Right. Well, I mean, you know, and part of me, I tried to rationalize it and I was like, but he cheated on both of them with you. So it's you that he really wants. But I couldn't even make myself believe that. No, that's actually a good point. But do we also know... He could have absolutely cheated with other women. We have he no could idea. Have. I mean, he, yeah. he could have. I don't I don't know. I never really asked. I mean, I really felt like we spent so much time together, but there's no, I mean, anything's possible. I was also the thrill. I mean, he may not have really needed to, but he may have. And with with when he was with the person he left his wife for, he may have cheated more than on her with other people because I only saw him twice. I never asked him. It didn't really matter because I, I never showed up and I've been married ever since. I think this is one of those relationships that's so hard to get over because there's no true sense of closure. It's easy to to look back and romanticize a lot of the good parts, which I'm by no means diminishing how wonderful I'm sure your relationship actually was. No, no, no. I wonder if that if that was a struggle when you started dating your now, well, I'm assuming your now husband or the person. Yes, that- he's my husband. We've been married okay. for 15 years, yes. Oh, good for you. Thank you. Yes, it was very much a struggle. I knew when he left me, when the ex left me, that I would never find a relationship that made me feel like that because I don't know that that was reality. Now, I don't know that it was reality because we did we did get so much, so much of the good stuff. Like we didn't have to live together and have to argue about out toilet seats being up and toothpaste caps being left open and the little mundane things because we did spend snatchets of time together. I mean, even though we spent a lot of time together, it was stolen time. We didn't spend time arguing over real life things. So I don't know if in, in reality, 
if the relationship would have been as as wonderful as it seemed that it was, I had idealized it in my head. That was reality to me. So when I met my husband, it wasn't the connection that I had with him. Like there was no electric spark, you know, fireworks going off. It wasn't any of that, but it was safe. I knew that he was different and he was patient with me. I did end up telling him about my ex calling me and me supposed to meet with him. He wasn't overly thrilled. He appreciated me telling him and he appreciated me not going. He didn't give me credit for that, but in changing my number was his suggestion. So I did all the things that he wanted me to do. But it was very hard for me. When we first met, I kept waiting for the perfectness of it all. And we never had the perfectness of it, of it because I don't think that's reality. I think it can be great and I think it can be wonderful. And we've had a good life together. It jaded my perception of love and what love was supposed to look like. You know, love bombing wasn't a thing back then, but there was no love bombing with my husband. He just was very real with me. He told me how he felt. We were very natural with each other. It was so different, but I think it, that's more of what love really looks like is the comfortableness of it and just being at ease. I never had to worry about where he was. I never thought for one time that he was going to cheat on me, my husband. And there's something to say about that, to be comforted in the fact that I know that I'm what he wants and I'm his first choice and I deserve to be somebody's first choice. When my ex left me for his wife, it was very devastating to me, but I had reconciled it to the fact that it wasn't me. It wasn't anything I did. He got in a relationship he shouldn't have. He should have known better. It was not me. But when I found out that he left his wife for another woman, then it was all about me. It was about, I'm not good enough. Why am I not worth it? What what did I do? How could I be good enough for seven years and not be good enough like to be his wife or to be a real girlfriend? What is it about me? I mean, I had spent years in therapy trying to figure out that it wasn't me. It, it was not me. What did your therapist say about that situation? When you say it wasn't you, did they give you a, a larger explanation for why he would treat you that way? Pretty much that he's selfish and that he was manipulative and took advantage of me, which it was very hard for me to hear because I didn't want to hear all those things because I'm like, he loved me. How could he do that? That's not what he did to me. He didn't do all those things. I mean, he loved me, but he used me because he later told me if it hadn't been for me, he wouldn't have stayed married for an additional seven years. Oh my God. I was the facilitator of his marriage, like because I was giving him everything he needed. He didn't really have to have it at home. He stayed in a marriage that he was unhappy in because he was getting everything on the side. He never had to actually experience any kind of real trials or challenges in relationships because he can go home to his wife, keep things peachy keen and then go to you and get everything that he's missing from his wife. I think that's why, and I almost said this earlier in the episode, where you talked about how it sort of felt perfect. And I can imagine for you, you were sort of like his escape or a vacation from real life. So even though you never really got any of the reality, you got all of like the perfectness that he was trying or that he wasn't getting from his his marriage. So that's when I say we had all the good stuff, it was because we didn't argue over stupid stuff because he, the was no reason to argue because I was giving, I was fulfilling him in the ways he was lacking at home. So we didn't have, there was nothing to argue about. Didn't argue about him going home to his wife because I had, I knew that. I knew he was going to do that. So there was nothing to argue about. Every time he would say, I got to go. Every time, like, I hate the phrase, I got to go because that's traumatic to me. It's a trigger. I got to go. So for example, like the, I got to go, are there still things that come up that really either trigger you or remind you in a negative way of something that you experienced in that relationship? Like, are there still things in this say that are difficult for you? I don't want to say difficult. I, I cannot stand. I got to go. And it's because of, that's what he said to me. There are places that we went. I mean, I went to Vegas with him with work. I went to Tampa with him for work. I went to Mississippi with him for work. There are places that when somebody says the names of those places that I'm like, oh, 
anywhere but there. I feel um, the exact way about Tampa. Not for those reasons, but Tampa. <laughs> but for different reasons, yeah. It's just those, you know, or it's not even if I go there, it's just if I hear anything. And you would think that after all this time that I could hear somebody say something about Vegas and that wouldn't be the first thing I thought of. But it is. I think it's because I was so young, I didn't really understand the magnitude of what I was doing. But he knew better. I don't want to say he took advantage of me, but I think because it then makes it like it wasn't real. And maybe it wasn't real. I don't know because I haven't talked to him. I do wonder if he ever wished that he had done things differently. What would you ask him if you could? Is there a moment in time that you would want to ask him about? I would want to know what was it about her that he thought was better than what we had? Or, but see, then it's about my therapist says that's not a good thing to do because then it's comparing, it's comparison is a thief for joy and we shouldn't do that. But she ended up leaving him. So she left him. That's why he came to me before I got married. What was it that you thought she could give you that you weren't getting from me? And do you regret not leaving his wife and coming to me? I would want to know, but I really don't want to know. I, I mean, I, I kind of want to know, but I'm such a good place with my husband and my life that it's, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. And I'm actually thankful that he did what he did because I have two amazing children and I have a great family and a great life right now and I would don't think I would have had that if he had made a different decision. I think it's really brave to vocalize that though because I think both things can be true. Like you can be incredibly thankful and love the life that you have and not want anything to be different but also kind of have this lingering feeling in the back of your head that it's like I really did cherish the relationship that we had for seven years which is, in, is a significant amount of time. It's okay I think to also feel that way. I mean, I know if you had like a like a genie in a bottle, you wouldn't change anything. But I think it's still brave to admit that to yourself. I think that if I admit that to myself, then I have to admit that I somewhat still care or that I would want to care because I don't want to care. Like, I don't want to care. I do want to. I mean, I would like to know. But I feel like if I were to if he were to call me right now and I were to ask him that question and he were to open his mouth and start talking, I feel like I would fall right back into that even after all this time. It was almost like he had a hold on me, but I don't, I don't know because I'm I'm older now and I know that it was so wrong. I actually, in, in my therapy, I had to write his, I didn't have to, but I wrote his wife a letter. I don't know if she ever got it, but I had to write a letter and apologize. And there's so many things that I would do differently as far as that relationship goes. I still don't think I could leave him, ever leave him in the middle of it. That was how strongly I felt about him. Does that make any sense? I know it's yeah, crazy. No, 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 it does. It's not crazy at all. What did you say in that letter to his wife? I apologized for, taking something that wasn't mine for any pain that I may have caused her or her children or their life or their family. All the things. I told her that it was not her fault, that she didn't do anything. I made a decision being young that I shouldn't have and that I hope that she could forgive me and that she, I hope that she had a life of love and happiness and that she deserved everything that life could offer. Kind of backtracking all the way back to the beginning of your relationship. We talked a little bit about the power dynamic between him being 33 and him being 20. That is my biggest demographic is like college age women and women in their 20s who are married. What would you say to someone who is in a relationship where maybe they're hearing those kinds of things like, oh, he's a lot older than you or oh, it seems like he always has to have the power in the relationship. What would you say to someone who's maybe in denial about how dangerous that could be in a romantic relationship? At 20 years old, 13 years is a, is a, is a drastic difference. I was still in college. I didn't know anything. The life experience that you have and the things that you that come with age, I sound like my mother because that's what you know. she always told me. When you get older, you'll, you'll understand when you get older. And I thought that is the dumbest thing you could ever say. What could I possibly know then that I don't know now? 
Well, a lot. It's fun and they are older and they know what to say. They know the things to say that are going to make you swoon and make you feel amazing and feel loved and feel like you're the best person in the world. But they've said it to somebody else before and they'll say it to somebody else again. Nine times out of 10, it doesn't work. When you're 33, you're in a different, you're just in a different place. You probably, or you should have a career. You have, you're you're established. You should have your, your finances in order. At 20, I barely had a bank account. I was just getting opening credit cards and I I had no idea about anything. I don't want to say they prey on you because that sounds so negative, but they know what they're doing. They know how to be manipulative. They know how to make you do what you, they want you to do. I don't even think a lot of times it's intentional to be hurtful, but it's just, they do. They, they, they've had life experiences. They know what's going to make a 20 year old woman or a 21 year old woman happy. They know how to do that because they've, they've also been through it where they know they've made lots of girls miserable. They know what to say. They know what to do. And it's just, it's unfortunate because you believe everything that they say, everything. Yeah. And we just did a bonus episode about how age gaps at that age affect relationships. It feels sometimes redundant to say, but your frontal lobe doesn't finish developing until you're 25. And so therapists say like you're more susceptible to pushing your boundaries to fit what your older partner may want. At 20 years old, it's so easy to fall into whatever your 33-year-old boyfriend would want you to do. Absolutely. You know, let's do this. Okay. You're like, I don't know. I've never even thought about wanting to do that, but I must want to because he he's telling me that that would be great. And he's older and he knows. So I'm going to do what he says because he's he's smart. He's he knows what he's talking about. He doesn't want me to be harmed or hurt. So I'm going to do whatever he wants me to do because he's so amazing. I mean, and he may be amazing. It's just not good. And I know this is so cliche too. When you get a little older, you'll realize how weird it is. I mean, 13 years that almost at any age is a little bit weird. Even at 40 and 53, there are different life cycles. You know, you're different. You're in different places then. At 20 and 33, this man had three kids. I was closer to his oldest son's age than I was to his age. Oh my gosh. It was crazy. I was four years older than his youngest child. I feel like that's popped up a lot in pop culture too. I think Demi Lovato was the most recent person to talk about it, where Demi has this song where Demi sings about, you know, now that they're 29, they understand what it's like to be that age and look back on being younger and go, why the heck would anybody want to be in a relationship with somebody who is 17 at the age of 29? It's weird. At the time, you don't think it's weird because you're like, of all the people in the world, and I guess this is what I thought, of all people in the world, this man is 33 years old. There are women everywhere. He doesn't care that I'm only 20. I'm so amazing. He just loves me. (laughs) There's a reason why they're with somebody that young. They're a little older. They're a little wiser. They can see through the the facade that you're trying to put up or you're trying to to spill or whatever it is. It's not good. It's not going to work. Not I mean, even if it does work, you're going to have insecurities about him being older forever. I mean, there's a lot of insecurities that come with older men. And yeah, I promise you, you're going to worry one day that he's going to be leaving you for somebody younger because you're going to have be hung up on the age. Oh, yeah. Well, if they're going to do it once, who's to say they wouldn't leave their wife? That's right. I mean, it's just it's so weird because you don't realize at the time the hold that somebody has over you. And a lot of it is because of the age, because you think that they're smarter and they're they're wiser and they know more and they'll protect you and they won't ever harm you. And that's just not really how it is. So looking back on your relationship, I mean, is there one thing you've really taken from having to get over this extreme heartbreak and not not having closure? Is there something you've really been able to take from this situation to help you heal that heartbreak? Yes, I had to come to terms with the fact that I was addicted to a person. You mentioned earlier that it was like a drug. That's exactly what it was. I was addicted to a person. There's a difference in being in love and being addicted. I had to fight an addiction with him. 
him. And that's like really hard to say. I, gr- I had to grieve. I had to grieve. It was like he was dead. Um, I had to go through all the grief stages, the stages of grief. And then I had to learn how to deal with an addiction, even though it was a person. Well, it is a lot like a death in the sense that you've lost somebody in your life. But the hard thing is, is you've got social media and they have access to your phone, which I'm assuming is why you block them. And so it's like you literally do have to a grieve the person like they've died and also at the same time get over like a drug addiction because a lot of the same chemicals that are involved in falling in love are quite literally the same ones that are released when you're on drugs. Yes, it, it genuinely is. And that's that's how you know that it's, it's an addiction it becomes the most important thing in your life. And you start doing things around that addiction. I mean, it was genuine love. It was love, but I, the, that it was an addiction. It was a little bit easier to, to get over. Not much because then it's like, what is wrong with me that I, I can just be so that I can be addicted to a person? Like, what is what is wrong with me? So there's a lot of things that you have to to go through with that, like trauma from you know your childhood and realize how you could possibly become addicted to a person. But what is it about you that you need to work on so that you're not setting yourself up for failure? Because if you can become addicted to a person, then my goodness, you just can be addicted to anything. That was scary to me. It'll all be okay. You know, they always say time heals and it does heal. Time does heal, but therapy heals a lot better than time. Hell yes, it does. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing this story. It's very rare that I ever have somebody come on and talk about a breakup where they also admit to their part in it. A lot of the stories I've had on are a lot of like, this is what happened to me. So thank you for coming on and being brave enough to be like, I was actually in this situation, wasn't 100% in the right, but it still deeply affected me. So thank you for coming on. As always, there will be another breakdown bonus episode on Thursday. Be sure to tune into that to hear us react and break down some of the nitty gritty parts of this week's main episode. I'll see you whenever you decide to tune in next.